Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners, founders, and executives from around the world about operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. Today on the podcast, we have Jessica Scanlon, CEO of Hot Dog Marketing. Jessica shares the arduous but valuable journey in transitioning from standard retainers to an agile retainer strategy. And as Jessica explains, by leveraging the agile methodology with the planning cycles and production sprints, her team's retainers now allow for more flexibility, responsiveness, and better client results. The episode starts with a breakdown of agile retainers and what they are and why they matter, what operations looked like at hot dog marketing prior, and what the impetus was for making this transition. We then unpack the transition period for the team, how long it took, and all of the key elements that needed to be reimagined or revisited across project management, process development, pricing strategies, team training, and more. Jessica also reflects back on the hardest parts, the most impactful considerations to make, and if there were any lessons learned along the way. We wrap with results. What Jessica's client engagements now look like today, the differences she sees with the new agile approach in place, her existing client's reaction and adoption of this change, and the most noticeable, tangible impact on KPIs that she's seen, like average order value, assets under management per client services rep, and more. Agency Unfiltered starts right now. Hey, Jessica, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for having me. For sure. Uh, excited yeah. to dig into the topic at hand here. Uh, uh, we were just, when we spoke previously, we were talking a ton about you're from Austin. The team is primarily mm-hmm. HQ'd in Austin. Uh, but mm-hmm. right now in Boston, it's as close to Austin weather as you can get. It is just like so hot and humid outside. Uh, it's unbearable. It's unbearable. I am so sorry. To hear that because it is unbearably hot in Austin right now. Just There's like one week in awful. July that feels like January and that you're like, yep, nope, not going out of the house, not leaving, mm-hmm. just not going to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, nope. There's not like, you can't even go swimming in Austin right now because the pools are, the pool water is too hot. <laughs> yeah. That's like, the whole point of it is to be refreshing. It's like, if it's just going to turn right. into a hot tub, you're like, I'm not, I'm not about that right yeah, now. Yeah. It's kind of gross. <laughs> Um, now, well, thankfully, at least, and I don't want to rub it in, at least in Boston, this will last like 10 days and then we'll be over it. But I would imagine that it's, it's days and weeks and months for you. So all the, oh, all, yeah. all the credit for, for dealing with the heat. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I hope it's done by Halloween. That's my, <laughs> that's my optimistic. Fingers crossed. There. Fingers yeah. crossed. For you. Uh, so Jessica, I think today we're here to talk, uh, about the, the retainer strategy for, for your mm-hmm. team, hot dog marketing. Uh, more yep. specifically, uh, uh, agile retainers, mm-hmm. the agile approach to retainer yep. design. Um, yep. And so maybe the best place to level set uh, is just to grab your definition of agile retainers. So before we even yeah. get into it all, what are agile retainers and why should partners care? Okay, well, that's great. Yeah, I think 
for us, agile means that we are actively updating a plan for the client on a very regular basis. And it's based on the latest information. So we're not prescribing 12 months of work and just going through it um, without looking at results and, and pivoting when we need to. Instead, it's we've got cycles, we have sprints. Um, so very much like software uh, uses Agile, we just have longer sprints because we're in a client services company. But it gives us the opportunity to be flexible and give clients access to all the services we provide rather than, than kind of signing up for one service and being stuck with it all year long. So it sounds like, well, yes, it sounds like inspiration drawn from Agile to your point from like a product yeah. development perspective, which is super That's cool. right. Um, and it sounds like the key benefit here is uh, you're not locking in to a package every month for mm -hmm. 12 months, but like, no, we're actually going to revisit and proactively install some flexibility. Uh, it's what we're doing, what might drive value for the client, et cetera. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, flexibility feels like the key piece here. How was hot dog marketing operating like pre agile retainers more? I don't know what the opposite traditional retainers or whatever it might be. So like, how were you operating pre like what were those engage? What were the friction points of those engagements? Like what yeah. was the what was the genesis or like the impetus to be like okay, we got to rethink the way we're we're packaging these things. Yeah, you know, we had a, kind of a mix of the way we were handling client engagements. Which one major motivation was picking one way to work with all clients and doing it consistently. Mm -hmm. um, so before, and I mean, we'd been managing digital marketing for ten years. So just take a trip with me 10 years ago. And the advice we were giving the clients was, hey, consistency is key. Let's make sure you sign up for this many social posts, this many blogs. This is how often we're going to do SEO updates to your website. This Very is how often we're going to send emails. Right? Numbers yes. of, yeah, outputs. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we would sell subscription services, basically. Like, this is what we're going to do for you every month. And you sign up for 12 months and we'll do it consistently. Um, and then things started to change a little bit where we had clients that wanted other services or some more creative work done. And so we'd add on these like hourly retainers. So now you've got a package of services plus so many hours that you can use towards whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it just became a lot to manage. And it got even more complicated when we became a HubSpot partner <laughs> because um, you know, HubSpot's probably one of the best things that we've ever done as an agency. Uh, we joined the partnership program five years ago. Great. And it was because clients were beginning to ask for more results-driven marketing campaigns, not sure. quantity and your auto report that, you know, some system spits out at them. Mm -hmm. So when we started implementing software, and then we had hourly retainers, plus managed services, I just, it became a lot. And even trying to sell an engagement to a client was overly confusing. So mm. we'd gotten so convoluted at that point and had a lot of clients, everything from a client that had just one tiny little service to a client that had all the services and a super complicated contract. Um, so it was also hard internally just to kind of keep track of uh, who was supposed to be doing what, and what level of engagement everybody had, um, and every client was treated differently. Um, so really stressful for the account management team. I can imagine. So yeah, and so I went to 
uh, right after we started going back to in-person events, I went to a in-person event with a spokesperson from Meta. And she mm. was just giving some information about best practices with social media nowadays. And it was just the opposite of what it was 10 years ago, right? Not so much quantity, more like quality, highly creative content, you know, put the effort into a video instead yeah. of doing a bunch of curated posts. And even though I knew that that was the right answer, I was still giving kind of old advice to clients when they wanted to sign up with us. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I can't in good faith give the advice to a client that they need 20 social posts a month. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> what is that tied right. to? Right. right? Um, and so I had heard about working in an agile fashion and marketing. So I just, I'd started researching it and fully committed and told the team, we have got to make a major shift in the way we deliver services. And this was, I think back in August last year. So almost a year ago, sure. that's when the conversation became like, I'm really going to put my uh, foot down and say, we're going to do something this. about this. We're going to yeah, do totally. something about this now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's, uh, uh, strategies have changed and evolved to your point. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not about the quantity of posts. It's about no, like the absolute top notch quality of maybe a single or few posts. And that will drive right. at least through like the lens of social content. But yeah, it sounds like, and I can imagine a lot of listeners can empathize with this, but like the, just the, the, the tracking purposes uh, of all of these like additional layers of services yeah. and retainer layers. And then to your point too, the account management tracking of it all. Um, yeah. No one, I mean, just every client's a little different. Yeah. Sounds like, uh, uh, sounds like yeah. uh, a true challenge. You yeah. Get, that's You have some, a client that wants an account audit and they're confused about what they're paying for. Yeah. And if your account management's a little confused too, you're like, something's not working anymore. If both you sides know? are unclear, you're like, okay, yeah. something's When everybody's here. confused, it's gotten too convoluted. We need to do something about this. So, you know, I would say it's one thing to say like, okay, uh, we've, we've, uh, we want to apply kind of that agile methodology to our uh, pricing, packaging, and retainer models. We want to have agile retainers. Like, it's one thing to make that decision. Yeah. Uh, but based on all of the challenges pre-agile retainers that you just outlined, I can imagine yeah. that transition or that implementation uh, wasn't so easy, right? I can imagine no. it was it was many there many facets, many steps. Um, so uh, before we get into the detail, how long did the transition itself take from pre agile retainers to the agile retainers that sounds like maybe you run today? Yeah, it's uh, you know we're not we're not even completely done because we probably have one or two clients that we really love. And we're giving them all the time in the world to kind of transition. Um, but overall, it's a, about a nine-month process of transitioning. And um, that's not just training, you know, coming up with how we were going to do it, documenting it, training the staff, putting all the systems in place, but also asking our account management team to go back to all of their clients and tell them, we're not doing it this way anymore. <laughs> I have to set up a meeting with you, talk about the new way, the benefits, and see if you're going to join us. And yeah, if you're not going to join us. Sell them on that vision, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so that, I mean, that was a very long process. And we had clients that had 12-month contracts, which was something that we did get rid of in this new mm. model. Um, so we kind of said, hey, if you don't want to get out of your 12-month contract yet, we're committed to, to finishing it up. But we've got to discuss 
what the new contract will look like and it won't be this anymore you know sure. so it sounds like there was yeah. layers to the decision hey who's ready to take this leap with us now uh, who would mm-hmm. prefer to wait until the end of their current contract? That's totally cool. But please note that renewal conversations are going to be through this new lens. Uh, and it sounds yeah. like at least a few folks that you hold near and dear to you are like, okay, well, there's a little extra patience with them as, as you try and navigate it. That's um, right. That's right. <laughs> now, there's there's many layers, I can imagine. Um, but categorically, it sounds like we have two. And it's all the things that you needed to set up, spin up, redefine internally uh, yeah. But then how you communicate it and work through like the transition of your client base. Um, yeah. So I almost want to start with the first half. And so internally, yeah. what are the, and you alluded to some of them, what, what are those major milestones? What are all the tasks uh, that you had to crank through as part of this transition to Agile? Yeah. You know, honestly, I didn't even know where to start. Um, and so I want to give a little bit of a shout out to Mike Lieberman, who runs Square Two Marketing. He does consulting for other agencies, extremely generous. Yeah. And um, he, his content, I'd come across it while I was researching this. And I said, I don't even know where to start. So I'm just going to call this guy and see if he's willing to talk to me. Um, and he actually worked with us to put our checklist together. So oh, super uh, cool. once we started working with him, it was like, hey, don't, here's all the mistakes you could make. Don't make these. <laughs> and let's just start by defining what a cycle means what a sprint means, define what the meetings need to be uh, at each stage, you know, what are the deliverables, and then what are the resources that you need to have set up to kind of get this rolling. And what some of the advice he gave me was find the most organized person you know and hire them to be your project manager. It doesn't have to be a project manager who's yeah, like certified yeah. in it, uh, but you need someone who's extremely detail-oriented to kind of run the system. And then you have to train your client success team to actually be strategists kind of ongoing because it's not like a passive engagement anymore where they're just making sure the clients are happy. They've got to be able to proactively plan and come up with ideas kind of constantly. So you have to look at the team and go, where are the gaps in your knowledge and your skill level? And what are we going to do to try to raise everybody up? And what are we going to look for when we need to add new team members? That changes Mm. the job description even, right? Um, is there anything as part of the internal design operationally, the, anything that didn't change? Sounds like this kind of re, re-informs uh, every aspect of the, the day-to-day operations. Anything go untouched? <laughs> no, I think everything changed. We do You're have- like, no, That's uh, why it took nine months, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's why it was so hard. I mean, even uh, when we were working with Mike, and I don't know if this is just his way he motivates, but he said, you know, most agencies don't follow through with this. <laughs> and so you feel like, well, we will. Of course we will. Yeah. Um, but I understand why agencies would probably start and go, you know what, it, this is too much to, to change. But we do have a side of our business that builds websites and, you know, does branding projects. And those are those are waterfall projects. And that sure. didn't really change a whole bunch. Um but that team is getting pulled in more and more into retainers because we need more creative work that comes out of that department. So everything changed. Everything. <laughs> um, now, uh, I, hopefully Mike appreciates the shout. Friend of the show. We love Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what would you say uh, was the was there one piece of this puzzle that was the hardest to define or build or reimagine, you know, uh, uh, the way in which you organize ta- project management, uh, the way in which you define your processes, the way you uh, recalculate pricing. Like, was there one piece above it all that was just like, man, that was the that was the hardest mountain to climb? 
Yeah, I think we probably have built and rebuilt our project management system three times in the last nine months. Okay, we're going to try it this way. Sure. No, that's too complicated. Let's make it simpler. Oh, there's not enough information in there now, you know, so trying to find that balance. And then as you're aware with Agile, you're supposed to have stand-ups. So sure. what ended up happening was um, we crowded our calendars with so many internal stand-ups that uh, we didn't have time to do production work. So you could uh, actually you see. You got in your own you way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and we have, you know, we work with smaller businesses. We work with small to medium um, we don't have enterprise clients. Mm -hmm. So we have a little bit more quantity than other agencies might have. So we had to really look at how often do we really need to meet and does it always have to be live? Like what is a good asynchronous way to do this? That way we have production time and we're getting our utilization numbers where mm -hmm. they're supposed to be. So a few of those things were really difficult to figure out. Um, one of the probably the biggest project that didn't wrap up until a few months ago was we put together a pricing book for just about every single service or thing mm -hmm. that we might do for a client. And that was a tool for our client success team to be able to build retainer plans without having to get it quoted every single time. So when there's a custom thing, sure, we have to quote it custom. Yeah. We don't know how much effort it's going to be. Uh, but for a lot of things, we know generally the value of a blog, the value of an email or a nine email automation that we're going to put into HubSpot. We can kind of put pricing around that. And that took a long time because we researched all past history, how long things took yeah. and made kind of a massive pricing guide. That's great. Yeah. Just I yeah. feel like um, being able to just remove uh, the time, the the turnaround time on like, okay, we have the scope or calculator. We'll, we'll put that into the yes. proposal. We'll get back to you now. I would imagine the client experience is is better off knowing that you know you have this reference book to just speed up that process. That's right, and some we do have prospects that want to see hmm. kind of what how that pricing book looks. So we have a client facing version of it too for oh, them, cool. so they can kind of understand how much work we can get done within their budget. That's great. Now you yeah. mentioned one of the first steps too was defining. Uh, the sprint or like the cycles, the length of time. Um, mm -hmm. What did you land on? If it's like, let's just say, you know, over a 12 month engagement with a client, what, what are the, what are the sprints? Yeah, we do 90 day cycles and 30 day sprints. And that is so we can get enough time in there for client review and approval. Um, and that was Mike's advice. He said, you're going to, you're going to want to try biweekly. <laughs> it doesn't work. You don't have enough time. Um, and the pace that clients work at, it's it's almost already difficult to get them to approve work within that 30-day sprint. Um, but that was great and that was easy. Uh, we use the, the the date of their very first strategy workshop kick up, slash kickoff meeting with us as the mm -hmm. day one of their cycle. Um, so now it's kind of staggered throughout the um, through the calendar. When count uh, when cycles start and end, which is and, a little per easier. Client basis, not like not every yeah, it's not standard. Not the first process, of the month. Otherwise, totally, our project totally. manager would probably not still be with us. <laughs> Take the top like, of every month. Yeah, all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that and that's worked really well. And actually, selling clients on this kind of engagement has been so simple, which has been amazing for me because I still do all the sales primarily for the mm -hmm. company. So having a conversation about why we do it, how it works, and basically they just need to tell me 
what budget level are you comfortable with? And let's see what we can get done in that budget level. And, oh, you have a smaller budget? We can still work with that. It's just going to take longer for you to sure. get results, you know, and that yeah. all makes sense to them. It's not convoluted anymore. <laughs> right. The simplicity yeah. just, or just in the, the, how clear it is. Yeah. Again, you'll yeah. Um, we sell one SKU in that department, right? right? That's it. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely want to get more into the client engagements of today and the results and, you know, a nine month transition to the, how did it all play out? I do want to put a pin in it for one moment. Um, yep. so that was a good tease. We will get there. Um, okay. And then I know categorically we talked about, you know, internal transition and the things you had to redefine or redocument. Then the client side too. Right before I get to the client side, how did the kind of the team training element go or the team onboarding? Did they see, did they align with the vision? Did they see the benefits, the committing to, to this, you know, period of transition? Uh, how, yeah. did, how did the internal sell go with your folks? Yeah. Uh, you know, I started with our director's team and we had a um, marketing director who was in charge of the side of the business. And we have our creative director that's in charge of all of those projects I referenced earlier. And, you know, she, she was pretty bought in, um, without knowing, you know, of course, like how difficult it would be, well, sure. <laughs> but yeah. it made sense, you know, it made sense to her. And so when she talked to her, you know, the production team that works with these clients, um, it was almost like a relief to them, right? Cause they really felt handcuffed to a certain amount of content every month with, whether it was working or not, results were yeah. good or not, you know, they had to do it the same way, never change. Um, and since suggestions would always be out of scope, it just felt like they couldn't speak up and say, we need to do something differently. Mm -hmm. So that team was bought in and almost immediately because they knew it would work. It was the client success team, the account managers that, you know, they understood that their job dramatically shifted, right? Mm -hmm. So that and the amount of um, work just to transition clients over that they knew they would be taking on. And we had to really train them on process, how to talk about it, what the benefits would be. And um, that was probably the hardest part. The whole thing was getting them on board and getting them trained, because even if they started the conversation, sometimes the client would still get stuck and couldn't even really understand how it would work any differently. And then we yeah. also found out we had clients that just didn't want to engage with us that often, you know, like they wanted a set it and forget it kind of relationship. Sure. That's why we hired that, you. We just want things to work and we'll stay out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I'm like, well, I, they're, they're not going to be good clients in this yeah. kind of situation. We won't know what their goals are and we won't right. be reporting to them how things are going. So uh, that was probably the hardest part. And it we would, had to do several trainings to get through all of the system changes and things like that. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Series of trainings. Yeah. It's not, that's mm -hmm. not something you speak about one day and then everyone's ready to roll it out. Um, that's right. You mentioned <laughs> that the role of CS account management, that dramatically changes the, would you define that change as being less like, Hey, uh, uh, you know, the, the sender of results and communicating kind of what the work was versus like, Oh, now I actually have to facilitate the discussion for the next cycle and like open up. Is that, is that, a, is that a fair reflection of how that job changed? Yeah, for sure. There was, um, you know, I think previous engagements were pretty easy because they were just the point person. Who is mm -hmm. who's the client going to call when they need something or have a concern? And now we're really positioning them like a marketing director. They're just in this office instead of that client's sure. office, right? They should be running the show. Um, 
one of the major challenges we had under the old model too, is we had a lot of clients per client success person, um, which didn't really matter because some clients didn't need any attention. You know, they signed up for one service. They don't ever want to talk to us. No big deal. Um, but if they did need something, it could be very overwhelming. So the goal with Agile too is like, can we get the number of clients per client success person down without affecting revenue in this transition, right? So that means engagements had to go up in price because the amount of effort that we're going to put into them. Um, And so can we see if we can get that average order value up, get less clients per CS person down and the quality of work higher, right? And satisfaction results better for the clients. So um, and we were, you know, we were able to solve that, but that was part of the vision that I had to sell them on. Like, can you imagine only having six, seven clients, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, instead of uh, 13 that or 14. You, yeah. To be more strategic and like strategically advised and like shape mm-hmm. kind of the direction of their engagement. Yeah. That's um, right. Be the expert in the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, pricing had to go up. Um, mm-hmm. Never mind, just like the way in which. Uh, working with hot dog marketing so would change for the client from the client side. So how did mm-hmm. uh, the communication uh, and the vision selling to the cl- existing client base go? Yeah. So part one of the things we had to change the way we talked about services is um, we moved to a point system, which is mm. similar in other agile yeah. engagements, try to get out of the habit of talking about how much time something would take and just talk about the amount of effort both mm-hmm. the effort and points. And um, so in that pricing book, you know, we took every, all of those tasks that we do normally figured out how much time we spend on it, how much account management time goes into getting that task completed, came up with what it would be if we charged hourly and then looked at what the value would be for different size businesses for that kind of task or the complexity based on the kind of industry the client is in. So once we kind of figured all of that out, I was I was actually kind of shocked at how uh, we should be pricing some of those services. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, very Were you undervaluing underpricing. Is that what is that yes. what the cover was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Some things I was like, I cannot believe that we haven't changed how much we charge for this service in who knows how many years, right? Sure. Um, so doing that, but then we also adopted that one point is equal to one hundred dollars. So when you sure. present it to a client who might be used to us quoting hours at $150, $175 an hour, they're like, okay, not so bad. Mm. But it made it a little bit easier for them to kind of understand how the system was going to work. Um, and being able to say like, hey, we typically do these service for, services for you in any given month under our new pricing system. It actually is going to be kind of about this size of a retainer sure. if you want to switch over. And a lot of our clients were like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I think you're going to give me better attention. It's going to be more strategic. The results are going to be better. I don't mind paying a little bit more, even if it's just the same old, same old. So that's kind of how we got clients moving into the retainers and kind of got them into a slightly larger engagement at the same time. That's great. Well, um, it's, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited for you that uh, or I'm happy to hear the clients seem to be generally receptive to it and we're open to mm-hmm. Both the new calculation, but also like the result, the the dependent results that oh, that does mean higher engagement just based on our, our yeah. new calculations. Um, yeah. 
how did those clients operate? Well, uh, you know, the client experience and how they worked with your team this way, but now there's Mm going to be a whole new engagement model for both sides. How did the legacy clients act and operate under the new model? How well did they transition? I think we had 50-50 on who embraced it, wanted to do all the meetings, uh, wanted to be flexible in the kind of uh, service services they were getting every month. And then we had the other half very stuck on, well, I still want those 20 social posts a month. I, you know, I don't care. <laughs> like, this yeah. is what I'm expecting. So, you know, we gave the client success team some flexibility there on um, how flexible the uh, engagements needed to be, right? Mm. Um, I was like, as long as we can get them where the budget needs to be, and they understand that we're going to be looking every month and making new suggestions for work. And they can say yay or nay to our ideas, but we're going to try to continuously get them on board with thinking about it a little bit differently. So mm. we did, we successfully retained like 80% of our clients through the transition. Right. Um, it's just the longer we keep working with ones that are kind of stuck, I can see them falling off at some point because you know, it's not going to make sense for them anymore. It's an indication of potential, yeah, future risk or future turn, you know, deciding to, yeah. Uh, 80% feels great. I don't know what you had as a, as a OKR or what you were kind of baselining or hoping for, but 80 feels great uh, as a means of retention on on the new system. Um, Yeah. How? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to, so compared to, so 50-50, like some people embrace it. Some people were Mm -hmm. slower adopters. Um, What Mm -hmm. about... Uh, what about all the new clients that you've been prospecting and acquiring? Uh, how has the client experience yes. gone for those where this is just this is just what they know? This is what it's like working with that dog marketing. Oh, that's great. So great. So the first client that signed up was in October of last year. And this is a client that was hesitant to sign up under a previously pitched proposal. Um, and so when we we're committed to doing it and started putting the pieces together and kind of figured out the basic operation plan for how these would work. I said, we need to go back to that client and talk to him about this because this fits better with what he is looking for. You know, he wants highly creative, you know, brand driven work um, that we just couldn't make it fit into what right. we were doing before. That's um, no so longer he signed synonymous up. with creep or like out of scope or anything like that. It's now exactly. we can factor that in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And he couldn't justify some sort of managed service when he wasn't sure if it would actually get him what he wanted. So um, he signed up in October and we still talk about he's one of the best examples of how this can work really well for a business. I mean, we've he runs a small uh, defense attorney firm, um, mostly DWI um, mm. kind of cases. And we've been able to have a lot of fun with his digital marketing and do videos and you know, he's got coasters at all the bars in the area. Those are all things that, you know, our team just thought would be fun. And he said yeah. yes to, and we fit it in the budget and um, it's gone extremely well. So new clients, um, it's been easier to sell. Um, they've been highly engaged. They pre-schedule, you know, we pre-schedule all of those meetings with them. They are always coming with new ideas, things that they want to accomplish. Um, they're learning more along the way too, about those results and what different analytics mean because they're engaging with our team more often. That's great. So it's been, it's been really wonderful. 
Uh, and I can imagine just as more and more sign on, just again, it sounds like one of the priorities here is to just continue to drive up the average uh, account value or average mm-hmm. order value. So I can imagine, yeah, that's just the pricing that they're being onboarded to. And so yes. um, it's not so much like, yeah, trying to train onto old versus new. It's, oh yeah, no, that's just that's the cost right. of these types of services. That's great. That's right. And what I'm looking forward to is when we get to the end of this year, kind of looking to see you know, how long are we retaining the clients? We only ask them to commit to every 90 days. Hmm. Um, we know that when they first sign up, we're going to talk them into, Hey, this is the first kind of milestone at six months, nine months, you know, so we're hoping they stay on. Paint the long-term picture of where it can go, right? That's right. But they can opt out at the end of 90 days if they want to. So I want to get to the end of this year and be able to say like, Hey, this is how long the average retainer client stays on board. And hopefully all of those clients are still with us. And I'm like, I still don't know because it's been over a year and we still have them all. So that's the goal. Now, the defense attorney example uh, Mm -hmm. was a great example. And my question was going to be, you know, what are the most like noticeable or tangible results you've seen in effectively rolling out this transition? Uh, And it sounds like uh, increased opportunities for more creative work. And so it's like the flexibility, Mm -hmm. like what 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 else? is uh, the, this new flexibility, you know, uh, allowing for introducing uh, results-wise? Yeah. Um, well, as a team, giving the, everybody an opportunity to work together, work is much, much less siloed than it used to be. You know, you kind of like one department requesting graphics from another department, but they don't really collaborate. You know, mm-hmm. the marketer on the account is kind of making all of these decisions. And um, now, you know, we have these stand-ups, we go through these strategy meetings with the client on a regular basis. It's just like a a flood of ideas that come out of our team, and then they're figuring out how to work on those things together. Um, another probably huge result is more video. So mm. before, it'd be so hard to sell a client on a managed service model the extra money to do a video. But now sure. we can say like, hey, within your retainer, let's go shoot it this month. Let's edit it next month. Let's roll it out third month, you know, break it up. or. Yeah. If sell them on just a few extra points to make sure that we can get the videos done. But almost all of our clients want to do video mm. and now they figure now it's part of their plan if they want it to be, which is great. That's great. And I can imagine yeah. just again, as we talk about strategy, we talk about social, but like, yeah, video, I would imagine is also just mm-hmm. yielding better results for, for your clients, depending, you know, wherever they're being hosted or, or circulated, promoted, et cetera. But That's it, right. Just probably better results. Based on That's that. right. That's um, right. Yeah. Jessica, let me ask you this. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's completely done. There's still some things ongoing, mm-hmm. but if you did have to go back to the beginning of that transition period again, uh, is there anything you would have done differently? Are there any lessons learned uh, that that you would apply, you know, time machine wise, if you went through it again? Yeah, you know, I think um, I talked to I talked to our um, managing director about this, and <laughs> she said if I could go back and do it again. For me, I would have picked just a small pod of clients <laughs> and pilot done it, it with them. Yeah. yeah, pilot for, and she said she'd pilot it for a year. I'm not built that way, so I can't imagine being that patient. But she would have loved to have done that for a year, really refined it before we rolled it out to everybody. Um, and so I can appreciate that. I think for me, thinking back on how difficult all the steps were, I don't think that there's a way to make them less difficult when you roll them out to 30 clients, right? It's yeah. just 
it's always going to be a lot, even if you do a pilot and think you figured it out, it's going to be different at scale. And there's going to be different challenges once everybody's doing it. So, man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wish, you know, I wish maybe we had considered it sooner. Um, you know, I think we've gotten such good results out of it. You know, I pulled some numbers yesterday too, knowing we were going to talk today and, um, our average order value for those client, those marketing clients, it's 49% increase year over year. Oh yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And then our revenue growth in that area, 62% year over year. So just like. You're doing what we could have to get these types of results sooner. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. You know, like if I had considered it when we started becoming HubSpot partners, I can only imagine like where we would be now with all of it, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's a really, the pilot idea is interesting. And uh, that could that could certainly be applicable advice if any listener wants to rethink the way in which they they build and, and kind of organize their mm-hmm. resources. That, that, that's a fair idea. But to your point too, uh, the friction, the difficulties, like those mm-hmm. weren't because of any missteps. It's like, yeah, regardless of when you started or how you do it, even if you time machined it, uh, the the process in which you have to rewrite your documentation or like re-operationalize or like, yeah, that's, it's, you can't avoid it. You just have to lean in. Yeah. That's also, that's a really I think point. the only way to make it frictionless is to burn it all down and start all over. <laughs> And yeah, nobody's going to do strip that. Strip it down right? to the studs and just yeah. Yeah, that's right. Get rid of all your clients, all your systems, all your people, and then start all over. And that's mm. the only way you can do it without any friction. So yeah, um, that's totally feasible, to... doable, logical. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> um, so Jessica, we're we're coming up on time. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, very much appreciate your insights and experiences um, in sharing. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the path you've taken to to roll out agile retainers. One last question for you before I do let okay. you jump. Uh, we ask every we ask this at the close of every episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the strangest part of agency life? Oh, that's a tough one because it is. I mean, every day. I think you know. I worked in corporate marketing before I had this um, agency, and every year now I start the year by thinking, I wonder what humongous pain in the butt thing is going to happen this year that is going to force me to grow, learn, and change something in this business. I know it's going to happen because every year it does, and I don't know what it'll be because you can't predict it. Um, but I, you know, when you work a normal nine to five job, I don't know if you think that way, like sure. just kind of like what's around the corner. <laughs> it's really going to force me to have to grow as a person um, and as a leader and as an agency owner. So um, I think that's probably the strangest thing. Yeah. Just Awareness thought. of the monster under your bed. You just don't know what that will exactly. be. Um, but it sounds like you take the right mindset, right? It's, uh, it's an opportunity for growth. It's very growth minded right. to think about. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it took me a while to get there. Well, sure. <laughs> now well, I sure. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we are, uh, out of time. So, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story. Uh, and best of luck in the future. And I hope that, uh, to your point, Austin cools down by October. Fingers oh, crossed. For I hope so. I'll let you know by Halloween if we're if we're in shorts doing trick or treating, or <laughs> yeah, or just not yeah. trick or treating. In yeah, just not trick or treating. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Jessica. Uh, and for those tuning in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.